today we are here with my guest Paul Kegel and yeah that maybe is not a easy name for you to pronounce in the way that I just did but since I'm from the Netherlands and Paul is from the Netherlands um, for me it's a really easy name to pronounce Paul Kegel maybe in English I'm not sure what they would say okay. <laughs> it's cone it's the cone is the translation right yeah 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 That's so right. welcome Paul happy to be here I don't know you are um, have been certified coach since 2021 yeah but you are also working mostly in a job yeah so i think it is interesting to learn a couple of things today in talking with you about habits how you use habits and why habits are important to you let's talk about how you combine your your normal work between between quotes and coaching and also um, how coaching is important in business. So let's start with the idea of habits because I was checking on your profile and on your LinkedIn and so on that it said you had 4,500 check-ins. That was last year, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it was a goal that you celebrated. How do you do it? How do you check in so many times? Because even I skip and don't follow some periods and other periods I'm very active, but how do you get it? So many check-ins. It's, it's for mostly um, building the habits and, and building the habits on the right approach. So I think, and it also the, the coach with me principle of starting small, gaining momentum and gradually graduating actually and increasing your habits is, is the perfect way to do that. So I, um, uh, a couple of years ago, I started with a thousand day journey, which was one of the ideas I had to do uh, things, a couple of things for a thousand days, but also do 100 experiments of 10 days in thousand days. And that's, I guess, I think I get most of the check-ins from the Coach of Me app uh, on because then I was, um, I've done a couple of things every day for a thousand days. Um, and uh, and after that, it's some of them quit <laughs> because habits you need to keep alive and keep up but that's that's uh, yeah the the thing about habits is if you make them stupidly easy to do every day um and you do them every day over time it's so easy that checking in is becoming a habit too and then it's yeah you get you get to check in and i'm also because uh, the, the coaches me journey started already in i think 2017 with lyft the former name of the app i was a user of that i figured it out on the internet and i uh, i came across Tony, uh, the founder. And I was like, hey, this is interesting, interesting idea. It was even before they had coaching. And, and after a little while of using it, um, I skipped over to my notes on my phone, which kind of can do the same, like making a list. But I keep making the list, kind of the same list every morning to make sure I get everything done before I, I leave for work. And uh, and after after a while, I was like, hmm, okay, this app is much better to do it and, and keep, uh, keep you know, your streaks and, and keep the fire going. So I still I still use it every day to check off some of the of the habits. I have some habits in private and some habits are shared for the entire world to to you know uh, also kind of make it open for for everybody to see that a coach even if I coach habits is still hard sometimes to build new habits. <laughs> but that's that's yeah that's basically the way uh, to to have a lot of check-ins. You know build discipline. And, and make it so easy that it's almost impossible not to do. What were some of the challenges you did in those thousand days? 
I had a lot of challenge. I started with a cold shower challenge, which I ended up also figuring out with uh, Wim Hof, which is also right, Rosen in popularity in between. Um, I quit biting my nails, which I still have uh, done. So I tried a couple of different things like uh, wearing gloves or, you know, filing them every day. And in the end, I, I started doing every day one finger to file one finger and every day make sure. And I also build in nail files. I think that's the right word everywhere where I was like having the tendency to bite my nails. So in my computer, in my car. And, um, and eventually after like, I think 200 days, I was like, hmm, I know this, I'm not having the tendency anymore to do it. So even when it started with, with two or three experiments for to try to, to do something for 10 days, it ended up in being a, a habit I'm not doing anymore. So that basically that's, that's the upside down of, of a habit, but it could also work very well in your life. Uh, and another thing was the I started with one push-up and adding one push-up every day, and I, I got to 100. <laughs> I, I believe I can't do that anymore right now, but at the time I was much more into sports and physique. So, um, so those are some of the the, uh, the basic habit experiments I did, and and you know start to to build. What because a thousand days that's that's about three years. Yeah. What was the most interesting? thing that you took away from those three years? I think the first thing I, I learned from that is that if you set a bigger goal, bigger than a year, and you uh, have a really clear every day what to do, you can achieve it. So it sounds sometimes simple, but you get, you know, most people set goals for the year and halfway through the year, life happens and we kind of reset and January 1st and we you know, have our um, goals for the year again. We have um, um, the New Year's resolutions. Taking a broader scope, thinking about where do I want to be in the next three years, which is still pretty small compared to your entire life, gave me a little bit more perspective on, you know, it doesn't have to be done in December. Now I have more time to do that, but I take really, really small steps. Um, and I think I also learned some, some patience in that. I think those are the two most important takeaways. And of course, a lot changes in three years at a time. And it's interesting to, you know, keep going over multiple years with the same goals. Do you have like a goal, which is like 10 years? No, at the moment not. <laughs> so, so it's interesting because I, because in my, my team, people I work with, I always ask them where you want to go. And, and we try, you know, to, create a little bit more horizon than, than six months. If you look at three years, it's already a lot in your life. What can happen? And I think, of course, 10-year goals are, are great. I think it's really hard to keep up with, you know, to have that kind of abstraction in a goal that it's still, you know, helping you in 10 years. Because there are so many things that can happen in 10 years. The world is changing a lot. Your entire physical body changes in seven years. So... Of course, it's good to have like a dot on the horizon, but it's important to, for me, it's important that goals help you forward to where you want to go instead of that you're just working towards the goal for the goal itself. Because then you also can, you know, lose the the motivation to achieve that goal. But if I'm, I'm curious, if there are people who have like 10-year goals and are really working towards them in a bigger manner, I'm really interested in how they do that because it's it's a really long haul, in my opinion. And I can imagine that other entrepreneurs, for example, say that three years is already a long time and they have no clue where they will be in a year. So that 
they they don't see that part of a three-year goal is interesting for them either. So that's why I was trying to stretch the horizon a bit. Because I think when you look at the really important big things that we need to accomplish as a humanity is really change like the economic system, change the way that we treat garbage, resources, people. So that's all goals that's way beyond three years, probably even beyond 10 years. So like the whole SDGs, that's for 2030, net zero is 2050. So that's all long-term. If we didn't make it long-term, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do it at all because you cannot change things like that overnight. So I'm thinking, how could we help people in like organizations and companies to think more longer term, even beyond the thousand days? It's an interesting question. Of course, there, there are goals which are not achievable in, in even three years of time. Um, but the interesting part, I think, is that when you have the, the bigger dot on the horizon, you can still look at what's the, if you'll, you know, trace back from 10 years, what do I need to achieve the next year in order to take the right step towards the, the end goal? And because it's also like when you say, okay, in 2030, we have to achieve the XYZ. It could also give a sense of, oh, we have all the time in the world because we still have 10 years to go. And if you make you know, a smaller part of the goal into like a goal for this year or even this month, or, or even better, if you can try to shape it into what's the behavior we have to do every day in order to get there, it's much easier to know if you're on track. Why is it that, do you believe, are the habits so important to you? Because I, I also saw that you were on Duolingo at some point at the 400-day streak. I have been using Duolingo to learn French again because we were going to <laughs> France, to Marseille in the summer. Awesome. I, something happened I and mean, I got ill, so then the, the streak stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and now I find it pretty difficult to get back at it uh, right now because, you know, first of all, you have a week that you were ill that you have to get back to the work that you've missed in that week and do the work that you were supposed to do in that week anyway. So um, hopefully after this weekend, I can start again, but maybe in the weekend. So how do you think that you were able to do like a 400 day streak? That's it. I think it's because there's the great thing about Duolingo is they have a streak freeze. I think that's, <laughs> that's an air saver, right? Um, and if you look at, I think James Clear had that principle written in his book about tiny, about atomic habits that's never missed twice. So um, by allowing that it's okay to miss out one day, but not allowing to miss a second day, and you know really be disciplined about it, even when you're you're sick, I think it's it's possible to find a couple of minutes in your day to do that. And most often I work about 10, 12 habits at the same time. I don't advise it to other people, but that's the way I, how it works for me. But I have like some habits which are like unquestionable, something I do every day. There's there's no way I'm going to miss them. For example, what is one of those? <laughs> one of those is brushing my teeth in the morning. <laughs> and sometimes I miss one day, but I always make sure the next day I'm, I'm keeping up. Because what's I think the, the 
the streaks are a great way to, you know, keep the fire going because it's a dopamine hit when you have like, oh, 10 day streak, 20 day streak, 100 day streak. Um, but I also figured out that once you miss your streak, the, the negative effect of missing it or that it's done is double as the positive effect that you usually have. Um, so streaks can work for you, but also can work against you in terms of, of habits. And um, uh, when you have like the decision for yourself, okay, I can miss one day, even if it kills the streak, um, but the next day I can start again and I keep up for myself, um, then you can let it work for you. And you can also make, because when... Uh, you skipped one day most often we feel some kind of guilt towards oh i missed it i you know i messed up this streak and once you turn it into a permission for yourself that it's okay to miss a day because you know life happens we don't have 100 control of the world it's much easier to restart because that's actually what needs to happen also for for you next week there is a moment where you make that decision that Okay, and right now I'm restarting. Even though I have missed my streak or the big streak I've built on, I will restart and I will rebuild again. Um, because every day you're uh, skipping, still skipping, you're building a habit of not doing it. <laughs> and that's that's what James Clear in, in, in Atomic Habits is writing. Once you start missing twice, you're making a habit of missing. Tiny, but I think that's that's a great thing. I always you know, also share with, with the people I coach to make sure that if, if you're too strict about having to do it every day, you're, you're putting force on it, which is not helpful because you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for anybody else. I hope so, because if you're externally motivated, it's a more, less, more difficult to keep going in the end. Yeah, great point, great point. I, um, I'm thinking about the whole Duolingo for me. And also, <laughs> for example, I was um, injured of my running and I found it very hard to get back into the rhythm and I still need strength exercises and I still find it very difficult to start those. And yes, and it's it, missing the streaks, uh, missing days is becoming a habit at that part. That's That sounds really logical. What do you think is important to do? Because you mentioned like these tiny habits and do you also wrote a post about this, about you know the Lean Startup, Atomic Habits, the 100 Day Challenge, the whole combination. What do you think, and how, and what do you coach people? How how do you start with building a great habit? Uh, the first thing I always check out is why they are why are they doing it. So I want to know their motives, even if they go all over the place. And some people say uh, it's very private, but I always try to figure out okay, what's what's the fire burning? Why are you actually doing this? Because that's if there's not a, a good enough why that you can put all the technique to work in terms of habits, but you're you're not going to keep going in the end. And next, I always figure out the most tiny step. So I coach a lot on studying because next to ownership, that's one of the topics I I'm intrigued about, and I'm also interested in myself. And uh, for some people, and I think that the the tiny start is different for everybody. So there's not like a perfect golden tiny habit for studying, for running, for language learning, for any habit. And I think it's important for, for everybody to figure out themselves, to experiment a little. So at the start, I always give some room for experimentation to figure out what's the, the right uh, quantification of the habit, actually. Uh, and it's for some people, it's studying for an hour. For some people, it's five minutes. And for some people, it's even opening their book because that's the way they actually start and you know, get in motion. Uh, 
And I think the motion is the most important part of the habits because when, once there's, even if like every day for one minute, over time it accumulates, but also you're already there. So you're in the right mindset to, you know, grow it gradually. Uh, and, and that's that's the way I, I think almost start with, with coaching habits. You started in your work mostly in marketing and sales and often in technical or software kind of systems. At some point, like you said, like you mentioned, you became, so you got more used to the scrum parts. So you had your own business, you start building websites, you again became part of other companies. Now you are the operational manager of QFact, a company that builds software to monitor the infrastructure sector. How do you combine the coaching with your day job? I think it's part of part of my day job because I, uh, as a manager, I also lead a team. But part of our performance model in our company is that we have coaching. So every people, every person in my team, I have three weekly coaching sessions with, and we have a program of personal development, and we have like an earnings model combined with a performance model. So we have two yearly reviews on in terms of where they want to, you know, increase or improve their into their work. And part of that is coaching. So I, I am, I think that's that's a great opportunity I had. Is it's a pretty young team, a lot of young people working, and and I have the opportunity to to also coach them. So part of my work with the team is the individual coaching and making sure that the individual individual coaching contributes to the whole of a team. And there's a lot of same things with habits because habits also in, in your daily work, when you work with software engineers, when you work with designers, they also have like work habits that they they use every day. And in the end, the behavior we have creates the results we make as a team. And and if you if you are and, and I'm I think it's fortunate to work with, with a team every day so you can really you know get to know them and because that's I think that's the hardest part of, of coach that me that you have like daily messages but you have very little information to work with. So you have to do a lot of assumptions and you know figure out what's actually working for the person. And the difference with working with a team day in, day out, every day, you get to know them really well. So you also are much easier to observe what's happening and when they are having a tough time or where they see they're struggling. But you also can say, okay, uh, try to figure this out. And in three weeks, we talk about it and then they have their own exploration process. So for me, coaching is, I think it's not just, it's not in my job description officially, but it's its something you have in you and you're doing and, and you want to, you know, basically ask, ask the right questions because then they will figure out the right answers. And do you include habits in these coaching sessions with your team? Not as like explicitly as I do with Coach of Me, because then you're hired as a coach to work on a specific habit, of course. But but it's I think the the smaller habits and the habits as a team is something I've I've worked on. One of the one of the parts, one of the artifacts of Scrum is the daily stand-up. And and even through COVID, we we have had that stand-up every day, 8:30 sharp. And and it in the beginning it was like Okay, everybody rolled out their bed and just opened their their laptop. And but over time, when we had to get back to the office, people were like one minute late, three minutes late, and that's something we also worked on. You know, by really 
you know, giving the opportunity. And now some days everybody is one minute ahead of time and we're like, okay, we can start. We're here. And I think that's, that's a great, basically a great habit of the entire team to start their day checking in, knowing how everything is going, knowing who has, you know, needs some information from other colleague. But it's also really a thing to, to become a team because you're there every day. The coaching through coach.me, do you, how do you get clients? Because um, you have a web page of the business that you do, aim, <laughs> aim for um, yeah. uh, ownership. But how do you, how do you get clients? I think that's the magic of coach.me. <laughs> I am, uh, I have a web site, if you like to call it, but it's, that's kind of like the, the leaking sink of a, um, of the people who are working on, uh, uh, I think the plumber, I think is the English word for it. And the, the interesting thing is I, I know exactly how to build websites and I'm proficient in building websites, but I never have the time to do that because it's, it's a decision on coaching people or building a website to, you know, coach more people. And because I, I work full time and coaching is my side business, I'm limited in, in terms of the amount of clients I can do. And somehow magically, once I finished my uh, certification with Coach of Me, I have like four or five coaches every month in a continuous basis, sometimes three, sometimes six, but but over time. And I actually haven't done anything about that than just being on the platform and and having, I figured out, and that's I think that's a great thing of the coaching certification that you, you've got to figure out your habit, but you also have to test it with some people you know to figure out the pattern of the habit. And once you have figured for studying, studying for example, there's a there's a certain way people are getting into studying. So there there are some problems with studying which are for everybody the same. So one of the interesting things with studying is, is that I always touch the sleeping habits of people because sleep has so much influence in studying. And once you know, I think you know about your niche. Because there are a couple more people on, on studying, but there are not a lot of people coach on, coaches on studying. Once you know your niece, I believe you know it, it's resonating with the people who are looking for a coach and and the coach of me marketing and the platform and the app, and that's that's enough for me to get a solid stream of coaches every every month. And how do you? Because you have a day job, which probably is you know including the drive to the to the company. It takes about 10 hours a day. How do you do the work before? Do you do work, the coaching work after? Um, how do you do this? Most often I, I figure out, because because we coach internationally, we have like the time zone thing, which is sometimes really hard, but sometimes it's amazing. Um, especially with, with uh, New York. Somehow I have a lot of people in the New York area. They they are six hours, and we are we are six hours ahead of time. So when I wake up, and I send them a message, they always get it at the start of their day. And also at the end of the day, around 7 7 p.m. here, it's 1 p.m. there. That's a great, sometimes a great meetup point. So um, I think it's most often before or after work, I I write the messages. I wake up early. I have a very strict schedule for myself. So I wake up early, I go to bed on time. Uh, But it's, it's a basic question of time management actually working, you know, knowing when, when to work. Uh, but I'm also very open to it about clients. So when it's, when it's extremely busy at work or, you know, when, when there are some incidents or something, they know I'm, I'm, you know, sometimes their message get a couple of hours later 
or they get a short check-in how they're doing and a longer check-in once I, I schedule the time for it. But, and that's also important to to limit the amount of people you can coach. Because if I would if I would like do a lot of marketing and go to 20, 30 people to coach, then it's getting really, really almost impossible. Because five people is like five times, sometimes two, three to five minutes. If you wake up on time, you can make the make the time to write those messages. That's the way I do it. What's the most important thing that you use to keep people checking in and doing their habit? Not missing a day. Or maybe not missing more than two days, I should say. Right. Yeah, most of I think the, the great thing a coach can do is because I don't have to do the work. So in terms of people who are studying, they sometimes have to study for three hours every day. And I don't have to do the studying. But I can observe. And I always you know, try them to check in, but also check in with the amount of time they study to be really transparent, not judgmental, but to be, to be really transparent. And the great thing I figured out is that as a coach, you can figure, and pretty easy, you can figure out a pattern. So most people have a pattern of, you know, going really strong and Thursday, Friday, and then the weekend, weekend is always busy. And then on Monday, they restart again, full energy. Sometimes it's enough to just point out that they have that kind of pattern. But sometimes I also work with, with clients like saying, okay, we uh, let's do an extra check-in on Thursday night or make sure that you keep your Thursday, Friday up to break that pattern. But I think that's that's the most essential thing you can do as a coach besides just accountability. So they know you are there. They know they have to check in. They commit to it. So they want to be consistent and you know get to the check-in. I think the most important thing we can, can do as a coach is figure out the pattern and and communicate that openly, like saying, hey, this is what I see. Do you see it too? And then we get awareness of the pattern for the client and that's helping. Them. But also, you know, be patient because I I think it's, I've never had a client in, in the past two, two and a half years that was able to build a, an instant streak of 30, 40 days out of nothing because it's always, you know, up and down at the start. And, and I think to give them some little space of experimentation before they are really getting solid. And the ones that are getting solid, it's it's important to never go too fast. Because once they are, you know, in the high up, they were like, oh, I can now do three, four, five, six hours. And I'm like, no, no, don't go. <laughs> and that's one of the, I think one of the, the quotes I always use is, and, and I wrote also a blog about that, don't go too fast, but make it last. And that's, that's I think, one of the most important things we can communicate. Because it's it's about the long term that the habit has the most effect. Right. So I was just already brought your profile up before, and you can see that you have like four habits that you coach on and that are open and probably even more that are even hidden. Study, sleep at least seven hours, read and take ownership. And apparently study is the most important one for you. Study is the, because there's a, there's a triangle of habits that people are interesting because most people enter with, with a habit they can really, you know, relate to. Because studying and sleeping is something we can figure out, okay, I'm struggling with studying, I'm struggling with sleeping, perhaps I need to do something about it. Reading is is an interesting one. I had some really interesting, funny clients with reading, which are like, especially see the importance of reading, but it's, it's not a topic. I, I love to read. I read a lot. That's why I started with the habit, but it's not some something people really have. It's not blocking them enough in their life to hire a coach for it. And, and ownership is is basically the the threat below it that that's 
you know, interwoven into everything I do. Um, but it's a really abstract habit for people to start with. So I started with taking ownership, but it's, you know, it's got a little slow and it's really took a lot of time to explain it to people. So most of them, they come in, in with studying and over time I tell them about when studying is going solid, I tell them about the principles of ownership and how you apply them within your work. And then you keep, keep going and building on that. Oh, that's interesting. So tell me a bit more about the principle of ownership. Yeah, so so ownership actually started for me with with the book of Stephen Covey, Seven Habits. I think most people know about it. And there was something that happening when I when I read about the circle of control and the circle of concern. So somehow there was like, okay, you have control over some things in life and other things not. Just knowing that already is interesting. And then I read about the responsibility, which he coined into the response ability. So we have basically responsibility to respond in a certain way. And uh, and then he wrote about the gap between the stimulus and the response. So we have actually, we can make a decision on how to respond. And that was actually the first thing, even though I didn't know it as ownership, that was the first introduction of ownership into into my personal life. I was like, hey, I have, I'm able to make a decision uh, and I have way more control in situations when I make an active decision on that. And then I, I stumbled upon actually with my, my current um, employer who, uh, who introduced me to Jocko Willink with his book, Extreme Ownership. And that's where it, it took off. And I was like, okay, this is, this is really interesting. And that's where I think the, the opposite of ownership is, is victimization and how Jocko Willink says there's no one else to blame. It, it kind of connected with the responsibility of COVID. I'm like, okay, there's so much more that we can do if we look at it from ourselves or our own perspective in terms of like the world is against me. <laughs> um, and from that point forward, I, I know this because I had an interesting conversation with another coach that also, if you look at stoicism, but if you also look at NLP or Tony Robbins, who based most of his theories on NLP, the theory of we have more in our control uh, and focus on what we can control instead of all the other things. It basically gives you a lot more power in life than because then you you're actually you know able to do something. And even though sometimes it's the only thing we can do is accept. <laughs> it's for me a personal. I think it it really changed my life and the way I look at the world when I when I got into ownership because once you recognize when you're acting like the victim or like pointing to somebody else you're aware of that and then where you're switching back and and always ask question what can i do about this and that's where you where you get control back so that's yeah that's the, the really short summary of ownership and 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 the principles of that and i when i when i started coaching i was like okay how can we turn this into a habit so i i developed some steps and processes to for, without knowing anything about ownership on okay how can you learn that in terms of awareness in terms of decisions in terms of you know the difficult parts of ownership in difficult situations of your life so um so it's really i've coached a couple of people on it most often i'm studying but right now, I mean, in the start it was a couple of people i coached on it it was really fun to do and also to see what it's it's doing because once you start with ownership there's no way back <laughs> and, that, and that's that's somehow magic to see I feel that the stoicism is like the operating system of my life and the most important idea of stoicism for me is that you don't control anything except how you respond to the things that happen to you. 
and that's it's the same thing right ownership taking ownership it's 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 the way how you respond to the things that are happening to you externally even internally when you for example become ill uh, same thing right so how do you respond to that that's for me the most important part so i i really like it and i think that when people want to learn more about ownership and they want to really tackle it um i have now also on the screen a uh, QR code, which you can scan, and then you go directly to the profile page of you on coach.me, coach.me dot uh, slash be more. That's your profile. We are pre previously also had in the video, if you were looking the video. If you, for example, want to watch this video later on again, or you just missed a part of it, it will be up um, the next Monday on the blog.coach.me, including on YouTube, and it will be on spotify as a podcast so um, that's going to be great and if you want to listen to more of these kind of conversations with coaches or you know experts in habits like paul who is an expert and a coach on this topic uh, tune in every friday we are here at 9 a.m central or um, 4 p.m and central european time so thank you paul for sharing your lessons and learn learnings for example, about the thousand day challenge, which sounds really interesting and horrifying at the same time, <laughs> doing like a hundred challenges. I can see how that will be very interesting to do, but also, my gosh, a lot of work and you know how you are so um, strict on doing the challenges with, I mean, not the challenge, but the habits by you know able being able to complete so many habits and also on duolingo these really huge amounts of check-ins how you found your niche on coach.me with um, the study part by you know iterating and finding out so where do people really reply how what do they respond to yeah it was wonderful to learn how you combine your day job and coach.me so thank you for that paul Thank you for, for being here. It was amazing to talk about this. And uh, and yeah, I'm happy also watching this show every Friday to learn from other coaches because I think that's the principle of, of being a study coach that you have to love learning. So I would say to everybody, always keep learning, never stop learning. I agree. Thank you and have a great day. Bye, Arnaud.